0: dot net, where if you mouse over the link at the top for online edition, you will see in the drop-down a link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're reading, (coughs) we're continuing our reading in Chapter 2 the illusion of separation, and we're going to also continuing <coughs> in that chapter, of section two, the reinterpretation of defenses. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today it's lesson 16, <coughs> and that will be like my friend, as she so often does. Okay, Matt, turn to you now, Lori, and ask, do you have a noetic opening for this call?
1: Oh, I do, LeMoyne. (laughs) This was uh, virtually found in my lap. A poem called Adjust, Dear One, from the book Susceptible to Light by Shannon Harkin. Adjust, yes, dear one. We are always in deep and focused meditation and prayer practice. It's simply that our fixed attention happens to often be on things that don't serve us. And our prayer, the stories that run through our mind and conduct the energy of our heart, are often requesting undesirables. Adjust, yes, dear one. All goodness lies waiting in the untapped treasure chest of you. And you're already doing everything you're meant to with expertise. It's simply time to discover you have choice about where to point your tremendous power. I have no neutral thoughts. Mm, Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that, Laurie.
2: Thank you, Laurie. That's a great beginning.
1: Yeah, I'm not agreeing like that that was perfect. <laughs> oh, I just love this one mind.
0: And thank you, Laurie. Let's see. Um, interesting. Um, Okay, what well, I have for a uh, reading list this morning, I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Lana, Karen, Diana, and Jessica reading, and uh, Wendy listening, and is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or be on the reading list?
1: Good morning, LeMoyne and everyone. This is Mindy, and I will be
3: listening.
0: Welcome, Mindy. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's get started then. Um, I'll get it started then. And the reinterpretation for defenses. And, well, Laurie and I can't resist overlapping when we split a section, so... Uh I think we'll start today with uh, paragraph 34. So I'll go ahead and read this to get started. From uh, The Illusion of Separation, Chapter 2, The Reinterpretation of Defenses, in paragraph 34. There are many other so-called, quote-unquote, dynamic concepts, which are profound errors due essentially to the misuse of defense. Among them is the concept of different levels of aspiration, which actually result from level confusion. However, the main point to be understood from this section is that you can defend truth as well as error. And in fact, much better. And Lori.
1: Um, do you want me to do thirty-five and thirty six or stair step as we usually do?
0: Um Okay, uh you got me. Um
1: I'll go ahead and start with thirty four we'll do it like you all right all you. so after all these defenses he says there are many other so-called dynamic concepts which are profound errors due essentially to the misuse of defenses among them is the concept of different levels of aspiration which actually result from level confusion however the main point to be understood from this section that you can defend truth as well as error and in fact much better 35 the means are easier to clarify after the value of the goal itself is firmly established everyone defends his own treasure you do not have to tell him to do so because he will do it automatically the real questions still remain what do you treasure and how much Do you treasure it once you've learned to consider these two questions and to bring them into all your actions as the true criteria for behavior i will have a little difficulty in clarifying the means you've not learned to be consistent about this as yet i've therefore concentrated on showing you that the means are available whenever you ask you can, however, save a lot of time if you do not extend this step unduly. The correct focus will shorten it immeasurably.
0: Thank you, Lori. Brian.
1: 35. The means are easier to clarify after the value of the goal itself is firmly established. Everyone defends his own treasure You do not have to tell him to do so because he will do it automatically. The real questions still remain. What do you treasure? And how much do you treasure it? Once you have learned to consider these two questions and to bring them into all your actions as the true criteria for behavior, I will have little difficulty in clarifying the means. You have not learned to be consistent about this as yet. I have therefore concentrated on showing you that the means are available whenever you ask. You can, however, save a lot of time if you do not extend this step unduly. The crutch focus will shorten it immeasurably. 36. The atonement is the only defense which cannot be used destructively. That is because while everyone must eventually join it, it is not a device which was generated by man. The atonement principle was in effect long before the atonement itself began. The principle was love and the atonement itself was an act of love. Acts were not necessary before the separation because the time space belief did not exist. It was only after the separation that the defense of atonement and the necessary conditions for its fulfillment were planned.
0: Thank you, Brian and Robin Marie.
4: 36. The atonement is the only defense which cannot be used destructively. (coughs) Excuse me.
1: That is because, while everyone must eventually join it, it is not a device which was generated by man. The atonement principle was in effect long before the atonement itself began the principle was love and the atonement itself was an act of love acts were not necessary before the separation because the time-space belief did not exist it was only after the separation that that the defense of atonement and the necessary conditions ...for its fulfillment or planned. 37. It became increasingly
4: apparent... ...that all of the defenses... ...which man can choose to use constructively...
1: ...or destructively... ...were not enough to save him. It was therefore
4: decided... ...that he needed a defense... ...which was so splendid, splendid... ...that he could not misuse it... ...although he could... ...refuse it.
1: His choice could not, however turn it into a weapon of attack, which is the inherent characteristic of all other defenses. The atonement thus becomes the only defense which is not a two-edged sword.
0: Thank you, Robin Murray and Lana. Okay,
2: 37. It became increasingly apparent that all of the defenses which man can choose to use constructively or destructively were not enough to save him. It was therefore decided that he needed a defense which was so splendid that he could not misuse it, although he could refuse it. His choice could not, however, turn it into a weapon of attack which is the inherent characteristic of all other defenses. The atonement thus becomes the only defense, which is not a two-edged sword. 38. The atonement actually began long before the crucifixion. Many souls offered their efforts on behalf of the separated ones but they could not withstand the strength of the attack and had to be brought back. Angels came too, but their protection did not suffice because the separated ones were not interested in peace. They had already split their minds and were bent on further dividing rather than reintegrating. The levels they introduced into their minds turned against each other, and they established defense differences, divisions, cleavages, dispersions, and all the other concepts related to the increasing splits which they introduced.
0: Thank you, Lana. And Karen?
5: 38. The atonement actually began long before the crucifixion. Many souls offered their efforts on behalf of the separated ones, but they could not withstand the strength of the attack and had to be brought back. Angels came too, but their protection did not suffice because the separated ones were not interested in peace. They had already split their minds and were bent on further dividing rather than reintegrating. The levels they introduced into their minds turned against each other, and they established differences, divisions, cleavages, dispersions, and all the other concepts related to the increasing splits which they produced. 39. Not being in their right minds, they turned their defenses from protection to assault, and they acted literally insanely. It was essential to introduce a split proof device which could be used only to heal, if it were used at all. The atonement was built into the space time belief. In order to set a limit on the need for the belief and ultimately to make learning complete, the atonement is the final lesson. Learning itself, like the classrooms in which it occurs, is temporary. The ability to, to learn has no value when change of understanding is no longer necessary. The eternally creative have nothing to learn. Only after the separation was it necessary to direct the creative forces to learning because change behavior had become mandatory.
0: Thank you, Karen and Diana. Um, Number
6: 39. Not being in their right minds, they turned their defenses from protection to assault and acted literally insanely. It was essential to introduce a split-proof device which could be used only to heal. If it were used at all, the atonement was built into the space-time belief in order to set a limit on the need for the belief and ultimately to make learning complete the atonement is the final lesson learning itself like the classrooms in which it occurs is temporary the ability to learn has no value when change of understanding is no longer necessary by eternal the eternal creative have nothing to learn. Only after the separation was it necessary to direct the creative forces to learning because change behavior has become mandatory. Number 40, men can learn to improve their behavior and can also learn to become better and better learners. This serves to bring them into closer and closer accord with the sonship. But the sonship itself is a perfect creation and perfection is not a matter of degree. Only while there are different degrees is learning meaningful. The evolution of man is merely a process by which he proceeds from one degree to the next. He corrects his previous missteps by stepping forward. This represents a process which is actually incomprehensible in temporal terms because he returns as he goes forward. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana and Jessica.
4: 40. Men can learn to improve their behavior and can also learn to become better and better learners. This serves to bring them into closer and closer accord with the sonship. But the sonship itself is a perfect creation, and perfection is not a matter of degree. Only while there are different degrees in learning only while there <clears throat> I'm sorry, only while there are different degrees is learning meaningful. The quote evolution of man is merely a process by which he proceeds from one degree to the next. He corrects his previous missteps by stepping forward. This represents a process which is actually incomprehensible in temporal terms, but he returns as he goes forward. The atonement is the device by which he can free himself from the past as he goes ahead. It undoes his past errors, thus making it unnecessary for him to keep retracing his steps without advancing to his return. In this sense, the atonement saves time, but, like the miracle which serves it, does not abolish it. As long as there is need for atonement, there is need for time. But the atonement, as a completed plan, does have a unique relationship to time. Until the atonement is finished, its various phases will proceed in time, but the whole atonement stands at time's end. At this point, the bridge of the return has been built.
0: Ah, uh, Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 41 and 42? Is there a new reader for forty-one and forty-two? Okay, back to you, Laurie.
1: The atom is the device by which man can free himself from the past as he goes ahead. It undoes past errors thus making it unnecessary for him to keep retracing his steps without advancing to his return in this sense the atonement saves time but like the miracle which serves it does not abolish it as long as there is a need for atonement there is a need for time but the atonement as a completed plan does have a unique relationship to time till the atonement is finished Its various phases will proceed in time. But the whole atonement stands at time's end. At this point, the bridge of the return has been built. 42. The atonement is a total commitment. You still think this is associated with loss. This is the same mistake all the separated ones make in one way or another. They cannot believe that a defense which cannot attack is the best defense. This is what is meant by, quote, the meek shall inherit the earth, end quote. They will literally take it over because of their strength. A two-way defense is inherently weak, precisely because it has two edges and can turn against the self in very, excuse me, a two-way defense defense is inherently weak because it has two edges and can turn against the self very unexpectedly. This tendency cannot be controlled except by miracles.
0: Thank you, Laurie. And Fran?
1: 42. The atonement is a total commitment. You still think this is associated with loss. This is the same mistake all the separated ones make in one way or another. They cannot believe that a defense which it cannot attack is the best defense. This is what is meant by, quote, the meek shall inherit the earth, unquote. They will literally take it over because of their strength. A two-way defense is inherently weak precisely because it has two edges and can turn against itself very unexpectedly. This tendency cannot be controlled except by miracles. 43. The miracle turns the defense of atonement to the protection of the inner self, which as it becomes more and more secure, assumes its natural talent of protecting others. The inner self knows itself as both a brother and a son. You know that when defenses are disrupted, there is a period of real disorientation, accompanied by fear, guilt, and usually vacillations between anxiety and depression. This course is different in that defenses are not being disrupted, but reinterpreted, even though you may experience it as the same thing. In the reinterpretation of defenses, only their use for attack is lost. Since this means they can be used only one way, may become much stronger and much more dependable. They no longer oppose the atonement, but greatly facilitated.
0: Thanks, Fran. And Robin Murray.
5: 43. The miracle
4: turns the defense of atonement to the protection of the inner self, which, as it becomes more and more secure, assumes its natural talent of protecting others. The inner self knows itself as both a brother and a son. You know that when defenses are disrupted, there is a period of real disorientation
1: accompanied by fear, guilt, and usually vacillations between anxiety and depression. This course is different in that defenses are not being disrupted but reinterpreted even though you may experience it as the same thing in the reinterpretation of defenses only their use for attack is lost since this means they can be used only one way they become much stronger and much more dependable they no longer oppose the atonement but greatly facilitate it 44 The the atonement can only be accepted within you. You have perceived it largely as external thus far, and that is why your experience of it has been minimal. The reinterpretation of defenses is essential in releasing the inner light. Since the separation, man's defenses have been used almost entirely to defend himself against the atonement and thus maintain the separation. They themselves generally see this as a need to protect the body. The many body fantasies with which men and are engaged arise from the distorted belief that the body can be used as a means for attaining, quote, atonement, unquote.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie and Lana. Okay,
2: 44, excuse me. The atonement can only be accepted within you. You have perceived it largely as external thus far. And that is why you experience, your experience of it has been minimal. The reinterpretation of defenses is essential in releasing the inner light. Since the separation Man's defenses have been used almost entirely to defend himself against the atonement and thus maintain the separation. They themselves generally see this as a need to protect the body. The many body fantasies with which man, men's minds are engaged arise from the distorted belief that the body can be used as a means for attaining atonement. Forty-five, perceiving the body as a temple is only the first step in correcting this kind of distortion. It It alters part of the misperception, but not all of it. It does recognize, however, that the concept of atonement in physical terms is not appropriate. However, the next step is to realize that a temple is not a building at all. It's real holiness lies in the inner altar around which the building is built. The inappropriate emphasis men have put on beautiful church buildings is a sign of their fear of atonement and their unwillingness to reach the altar itself. The real beauty of the temple cannot be seen with the physical eye. The spiritual eye, on the other hand, cannot see the building at all because It has perfect sight. It can, however, see the altar with perfect clarity.
0: Thank you, Lana. And Karen?
6: 45.
5: (laughs) Perceiving the body as a temple is only the first step in correcting this kind of distortion. It alters part of the misperception, but not all of it. It does recognize, however, that the concept of atonement in physical terms is not appropriate. However, the next step is to realize that a temple is not a building at all. Its real holiness lies in the inner altar around which the building is built. The inappropriate emphasis men have put on beautiful church buildings is a sign of their fear of atonement and their unwillingness to reach the altar itself. The real beauty of the temple cannot be seen with the physical eye. The spiritual eye, on the other hand, cannot see the building at all because it has perfect sight. It can, however, see the altar with perfect clarity. 46, for perfect effectiveness, the atonement belongs at the center of the inner altar, where it undoes the separation and restores the wholeness of the mind. Before the separation, the mind was invulnerable to fear that yes, fear did not exist. Both the separation and the fear are miscreations of the mind which must be undone. This is what is meant by quote the restoration of the temple. Unquote. It does not mean the restoration of the building, but the opening of the altar to receive the atonement. This heals the separation. And places within man the one defense against all separation mind errors, which can make him perfectly invulnerable.
0: Thank you, Karen and Diana.
6: 46. The perfect effectiveness, the atonement belongs at the center of the inner where it undoes the separation and restores the wholeness of the mind. Before the separation, the mind was invulnerable to fear because fear did not exist. Both the separation and the fear are miscreations of the mind which must be undone. This is what it it is meant by, quote, the restoration of the temple, unquote. It does not mean the restoration of the building, but the opening of the altar to receive the atonement. This heals the separation and places within man the one defense against all separa- separation mind errors, which can make him perfectly invulnerable. 47. The acceptance of the atonement by everyone is a matter of time. In fact, both time and matter were created for this purpose. This appears to contradict free will because of the inevitability of the final decision. If you review the ideas carefully, however, you will realize that this is not true Everything is limited in some way by the manner of its creation. Free will can temporize and is capable of enormous procrastination, but it cannot depart entirely from its creator who set the limits on the ability to miscreate by virtue of its own real purpose. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana and Jessica.
4: 47. The acceptance of the atonement by everyone is only a matter of time. In fact, both time and matter were created for this purpose. This appears to contradict free will because of the inevitability of the final decision. If you review the idea carefully, however, you will realize that this is not true. Everything is limited in some way by the manner of its creation. Free will can temporize and is capable of enormous procrastination, but it cannot depart entirely from its creator who set the limits on its ability to miscreate by virtue of its own real purpose. The misuse of will engenders a situation which in the extreme becomes altogether intolerable. Pain thresholds can be high, but they are not limitless. Eventually everyone begins to recognize, however dimly, that there must be a better way. As this recognition becomes more firmly established, it becomes a perceptual turning point. This ultimately reawakens the spiritual eye, simultaneously weakening the investment in physical sight. The alternating investment in the two types or levels of perception is usually experienced as conflict. For a long time, and come and can become very acute, but the outcome is as certain as God
0: Thank you Jessica and is there a new reader for forty eight and forty nine a new reader for forty eight and forty nine
1: uh, yeah, if you can hold on a second. This is Mindy. I would love to read it. All right. Okay. Ah, on is not uh, doing what it should here, but 48 and 49. Okay. Here we go. The misuse of will engenders a situation which in the extreme becomes altogether intolerable. Pain thresholds can be high, but they are not limitless. Eventually, everyone begins to recognize, however dimly, that there must be a better way. As this recognition becomes more firmly established, it becomes a perceptual turning point. This
5: ultimately reawakens the spiritual eye, simultaneously weakening the investment in physical sight. The alternating investment in the
1: two types of levels of perception is usually experienced as conflict for a long time and can become very acute, but the outcome is as certain as God. 49 The spiritual eye literally cannot see error and merely looks for atonement. I like to say atonement. The spiritual eye literally cannot see error and merely looks for atonement. All the solutions which the physical eye seeks dissolve in sight. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. All the solutions which the physical eye seeks dissolve in its sight. The spiritual eye, which looks within, recognizes immediately that the altar has been... I'm sorry, my phone keeps going in and out. Immediately that the altar has been defiled and needs to be repaired and protected. Perfectly aware of the right defense, it passes over all others, looking past error to truth. Because of the real strength of its vision, it pulls the will into its service and impels the mind to concur. This reestablishes the true power of the will and makes it increasingly unable to tolerate delay.
5: The mind then realizes with increasing certainty that delay is only a way of increasing unnecessary pain, which it need not tolerate at all. The pain threshold drops accordingly and the mind
1: becomes increasingly sensitive What it would once have regarded as very minor incisions of discomfort.
0: Thank you, Mindy. (coughs) Excuse me. And back to you, Laura.
1: The spiritual eye literally cannot see error, it merely looks for atonement. All the solutions which the physical eye seeks dissolve in its sight. The spiritual eye which looks within recognizes immediately that the altar has been defiled and needs to be repaired and protected. Perfectly aware of the right defense, it passes over all others, looking past error to truth. Because of the real strength of its vision, It pulls the will into its service and impels the mind to concur. This reestablishes the true power of the will and makes it increasingly unable to tolerate delay. The mind then realizes with increasing certainty that delay is only a way of increasing unnecessary pain, which it need not tolerate at all. The pain threshold drops accordingly and the mind becomes increasingly sensitive to what it once would have regarded as very minor intrusions of discomfort. 50. The children of God are entitled to perfect comfort, which comes from a sense of perfect trust. Until they achieve this, they waste themselves and their true creative powers on useless attempts to make themselves more comfortable by inappropriate means, but the real means are— whoopsie! But the real means is—I don't know why that's singular. But the real means is already provided and does not involve any effort at all on their part. Their egocentricity usually—oh boy, I'm lucky to read this one. Their egocentricity usually misperceives this as personally insulting an interpretation which obviously arises from their misperception of themselves. Egocentricity and communion cannot coexist. Even the terms are contradictory.
0: Thank you, Laurie and Fran.
1: 50. The children of God are entitled to perfect comfort, which comes from a sense of perfect trust. Until they achieve this, they waste themselves and their true creative powers on useless attempts to make themselves more comfortable by inappropriate means. But the real means is already provided and does not involve any effort at all on their part. Their egocentricity usually misperceives this as personally insulting, an interpretation which obviously arises from their misperception of themselves. Egocentricity and communion cannot exist. Even the terms are contradictory. 51. The atonement is the only gift that is worthy of being offered to the altar of God. This is because of the inestimable value of the altar itself. It was created perfect and is entirely worthy of receiving perfection. God is lonely without his souls, and they are lonely without him. Men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. The atonement is the guarantee that they will ultimately succeed.
0: Thank you, Brian, And Robin Marie. 51.
4: 51. The atonement
1: is the only gift that is worthy of being offered to the altar of God. This is because of the inestimable value of the altar itself. It was created perfect and is entirely worthy of receiving perfection. God is lonely without his souls, and they are lonely without him. Men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. The atonement is the guarantee that they will ultimately
4: succeed.
0: Well, thank you, Robin Marie, and thank you, everyone who read and those listening. Um, We have gone over the usual time, but I think that section is worth it. I ask you, you now uh, give your attention to Fran as she leads us in the lesson for the day. I have no neutral thoughts.
1: Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and the lesson for today is lesson 16 I have no neutral thoughts. So I'll, I shall read the lesson and then we'll go over to it and do our five-minute practice. Okay, lesson 16. I have no neutral thoughts. The idea for today is a beginning step in dispelling the belief that your thoughts have no effect. Everything you see is the result of your thoughts. There is no exception to this fact. Thoughts are not big or little, powerful or weak, they are merely true or false. Those which are true create their own likeness. Those which are false make theirs. There is no more self-contradictory concept than that of, quote, idle thoughts, unquote. What gives rise to the perception of the whole world can hardly be called idle. Every thought you have contributes to truth or to illusion. Either it extends the truth or it multiplies illusions. You can indeed multiply nothing, but you will not extend it by doing so. In addition to never being idle, salvation requires that you recognize that every thought you have brings either peace or war, either love or fear. A neutral result is impossible because a neutral thought is impossible. There is such a temptation to dismiss fear thoughts as unimportant, trivial, and not worth bothering about that it is essential you recognize them all as equally destructive but equally unreal. We will practice this idea in many forms before you really understand it. In applying the idea for today, search your mind for a minute or so with eyes closed and actively seek not to overlook any quote, unquote, little thought which tends to elude the search. This is quite difficult until you get the use to it. You will find that it is still hard for you not to make artificial distinctions. Every thought that occurs to you, regardless of the quality which you assign to it, is a suitable subject for applying today's idea. In the practice periods, first repeat the idea, and then, as each one crosses your mind, hold it in awareness while you tell yourself, this thought about blank is not a neutral thought. That thought about blank is not a neutral thought. As usual, use today's ideal whenever you are aware of a particular thought which arouses uneasiness. The following form is suggested for this pers- purpose. This thought about blank is not a neutral thought because I have no neutral thoughts. Four or five practice periods are recommended if you find them relatively effortless. If strain is experienced, three will be enough. The length of the exercise period should also be reduced if there is discomfort. Lesson 16 I have no neutral thoughts. Five minutes. Now I'll read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 16. Neutral thoughts are impossible because all thoughts have power. They will either make a false world or lead me to the real one. The thoughts cannot be without effects. As the world I see arises from my thinking errors, so will the real world rise before my eyes as I let my errors be corrected. My thoughts cannot be neither true nor false. They must be one or the other. What I see shows me which they are. Lesson 16. I have no neutral thoughts. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank
3: you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank, thank you, guys.
1: You I just love the way you read those. Thanks, Fran.
0: Uh, thank you, Fran.
1: morning it's Mindy um, so I'm uh, kind of going through I'm going through fear I keep having this experience of having a healing and um, oh hang on a second there's someone here I've got to go for a minute um, just um, hold me in the light to let go of the fear thought that I
4: can't receive a healing without it being interrupted by outside of fear which feels more real hang on a second Abby which feels more real than,
1: um, than the healing. And the healing leaves because I have the thought of fear. And so I wish to hide. I wish to have the thought, a fear that seems to come in when I feel that relief and that healing and that safety. I wish to really believe and understand that that thought does not have more power than the truth of love and healing and God, and that it is all okay, and that my thought does have the power to take me away from that. But I want to replace that thought with the thought that I can let that go, and I can let the Holy Spirit replace it with a thought that brings me back into peace and love and safety. (laughs) Amen. So that's where I'm at. And thank you. And my lady, who I didn't expect to come today to help me, is here, which is lovely. I don't know how she got through the snow, but that was a mini miracle. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. Beautiful day. Thank you, Mindy. Thank
3: you, Mindy.
2: If you can hear me, Mindy, um, in my experience, um, I'm just required to make the choice for love and peace. And once I make that choice, um, Holy Spirit just kicks in. You know, the mind is the activating agent of spirit. So when I use it on behalf of the atonement, spirit is activated and does the last but does the rest what seems to delay it again in my experience is my resistance to the belief that truth is true so in my resistance to the welcoming of the healing it seems in time to delay it but the choice for love for the atonement is all I need to do and God does the rest so I just uh rest in I well what I do is I bring my mind back to the holy instant of now and just wait and and watch the atonement do its thing <laughs> I'm not required to heal anything that's what the atonement is for I'm just required to make that choice. And I find it's much easier to be for something than to be against it. It's just a much easier process. I'm complete. I hope that was helpful.
1: Thank you. I'm willing to believe that truth is true. I'm definitely willing to have that belief reversed. So I do know truth is true and God is love and that's all there is. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anna.
0: Well, this is mine, and, <clears throat> um, hmm, yeah, the lesson doesn't say it, but I think it's, uh, might be clarifying to add that, you know, that, uh, Thoughts are not, you know, it says thoughts are not big or little or important or trivial. What they are is false or true. It doesn't say they're good or bad, right? Um, And uh, and that... (laughs) In fact, uh, that this the thinking that thoughts are good or bad, you can see then that in that thinking that they're either good or bad, that I don't even have neutral thoughts about the thoughts that I might have. And um, I, I think in terms of... Uh, you know, what the lesson is asking is not for us to judge our thoughts, but to just recognize that whatever it is, it is not neutral. And, uh, you know, that the, uh, division of everything into good and bad is obviously it's smacks of the separation. And, uh, there's uh, uh you know the atonement I think <clears throat> is an offer of release from that whole quandary of feeling on a tight rope where I can't even think about my thoughts without falling into separation further and uh I don't think this is a problem with thoughts (laughs) or with uh, thinking, but in this act of of, uh, judging. Yeah, judging thing. Anyway, I'm complete there. I had actually meant to invite Robin Marie to share, because we are right against the time when I know you
1: actually so have to go to work. So Hi. Like um Sure. Ahead. Uh I'm just driving to a place where I can because I I drive
4: over to the college so that I'm close to my work. But yeah, there's nobody on the road so I'm talking. <laughs> uh yeah, I I was just very really happy that you said that, uh, LeMoyne, because I, you know, with this political climate and what is happening, I find it rather difficult not to be uh, emotional. I have a grandson who's black, and I just read the talk by Darren Bell, which is a, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, author who is black, who wrote about
1: how when he was six, he had a um, water gun and his mother made sure that it wasn't black like all the other kids. And, uh, you know,
4: I just have been um, trying to keep my emotions neutral and thinking that, well, golly, maybe I shouldn't even be listening to the news, which is not a really a, a, a solution. <laughs> you know, like go bury your head in the sand,
1: be an ostrich. Anyway, so um, that's just
4: something, something that I'm thinking about and also how um, news and whoever is in control of our news really can whip us up. If we're not careful, <laughs> and I do want to stand for love and forgiveness, but I also know that there is justice in in God's world in and, and uh, correction. Hey, so thanks, Lebone, for letting me talk.
1: thanks for sharing Robin Marie. Thank
2: you, you, Robin Marie. Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, LeMoyne, too. Just briefly, um, LeMoyne and Robin Marie. LeMoyne, what you shared was so important, I feel, that um, in what I was talking about, the delay of the awareness of the healing, um, to remember that thoughts are neither good or bad, they're either true or false, when I when I recognize that, it relieves me of self-judgment, and um, if I'm judging myself to be bad, um, you know, that Two is it delays the awareness of the healing when I chose love. But if I'm choosing love because I feel what I chose before was evil or bad, um, guilt will uh, prevent the healing from coming in my awareness. It's one of those blocks that hide it. So uh, that's so critical what you shared. Thank you so much for doing that, for sharing that.
1: Thank
0: you, Lana. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Lana. It was funny. I started talking that way, and and I realized that <laughs> I needed help, but it was right there. It is it, just a lesson. <laughs> anyway, I'm complete.
3: Good morning, this is Sandra Thank you. I was just checking in. I'm thankful that Lori called me and I thought I would just check out the meeting again. And um, I have no neutral thoughts. Is I think for me, they're talking about um, my subconscious mind, which really is my responsibility to heal. Because... I'm the one who filled my subconscious mind, probably when I was one or two or three years old, based on innocence, I didn't know any better, but I came to conclusions, which were lies that I told myself for the rest of my life. And some of those subconscious thoughts are, like what Lana was saying, are that, Somehow I'm wrong or bad or I'm not doing it good enough or I'm not good enough or you know the whole thing that that, that I'm not worthy. <laughs> Those are all lies I tell myself, but they but they undermine my conscious mind because they're in my subconscious, and I that's why I have to be vigilant with my thoughts. And for me, the cutting edge right now is I have settled all my life for. Things I didn't really want because of this belief that I was unworthy. It's this subconscious belief or this subconscious belief that I'll I'll never get what I want. And I have to heal that. That's my work. (laughs) When those kinds of thoughts come up, and I don't always know they're coming up because sometimes what they look like is judgments. Um, And it's because there's stuff going on in my subconscious mind. And so I have to turn those judgments over to my Holy Spirit to heal. And Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, you are allowing the outside world to define who you are. Stop believing those lies. Start believing my definition of you. And that's my work. And I will do that work till I'm not here anymore because it's really, that's what the atonement is, is taking my rightful place with my creator, knowing my oneness, and then extending that out into the world. But if there's any part of me that doesn't believe that I'm worthy, that I'm good enough, that's my work. That's the healing work that I have to do. I'm complete. Oh, so good to hear
1: your voice. Indeed. Thank you, Sandra. Sandra.
2: Thank you so much. I love what you shared.
1: I do too. Thank you. I needed everything you said, Sandra. Thank you very much. This is Wendy. I've heard this idea that thoughts are like seeds that you plant in your mind. And you need to weed that garden because th- those thoughts will grow. Uh, and you want to look at the thoughts you've you've planted and eliminate the ones that aren't true. Um, and then give love and light and attention to the ones you want to grow the attention is like the sunlight giving them the energy from your being to say yes i want to garden them these thoughts i'm complete that's beautiful wendy thank you
3: Oh, thank you, Wendy. Yeah, that was. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, power of decision. Beautiful.
6: this is Diana I just have a a, a question that I I just want clarification on so I'm understanding the lesson Um, number 38 if you go to 38 it's talking not about level but levels the levels they introduce into the mind how many levels of the mind are there is my question
0: Well, I I want to give a what might be <laughs> a kind of snappy and shallow answer but I think it's actually could be true. I mean the mind is very creative. It's like as many as in, as many as you introduce that's how many there are.
6: Okay, can you give me an example, please? Give me an example of what you mean by that. How many, just a concrete example in my head so I can kind of track you. Because I see level is either good or bad, love or fear. Where, where's your head going on this? Because you're, that's not neutral. So when they're saying level, I thought, okay, what? <laughs> if you can just help me with that by an example.
0: well i think uh <clears throat> you know um not that. i mean i, I think it, it can be seen in in terms of uh of uh, oh man okay I, one thing, the example that comes to mind that I just feel I need to give is uh, how many languages are there. There's many different human languages. And, uh, and they can actually be very different from each other. Now, do they really determine what thoughts are? Or are thoughts previous to that, and they just limit the, ex- limit or empower expression of thought in physical, in that expression, then in languages in physical form, whether spoken or writing. Um, and, you know, if the, you know, once, if you view things as turning against each other, And then, you know, introduce an idea of compromise or even something like seeking for a better way and trying to chip away at the difference, you can end up with more differences and just like a fine splitting of ideas about, even about what the difference really is between two people. In the, uh, or two groups or or whatever and it just, there's this thing of complexity introducing more and more complexity and I think this is the differences, divisions, cleavages, dispersions. I think it's something that I know I've experienced in my own mind that you know, my problems are that's that's my they're special to me and no one understands them. And if people would try to relate them to... I would say, no, it's different in this way. And I'm always willing to introduce a difference to... Uh, what You know, I guess really to, to, in terms of the course, it would be a, in, in defending myself against atonement, which says all that is... is is. Uh, the detour into illusions. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not just differences between individual people, but within ourselves that these, you know, that the, the thing that, where it's, I don't even want to,
6: because it hasn't
0: actually, the book hasn't actually used the word ego yet, but it says you you make one ego for yourself and one for everything, everyone else, this is self and other, and look at the variability of other and you will see these kinds of differences, divisions, and cleavages that, are, that we're willing to introduce um, into what is one what is all happening within one mind, if you will. Okay, so I don't know if that was helpful but that's No,
6: that, that 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 was very helpful because when you said defending myself in atonement, um, self seeking, um you anger, judgment, any 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 um word or thought or feeling that you can coin is another level that that will bring pain and the path forward. I think I get what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you, LeMoyne.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you, LeMoyne. That was great. Uh, this is Lana. I um would just want to add that for me personally, um, it's like you, you said out uh, there, there's fear and there's love. Uh, but uh, perceptions rules are <laughs> I will I will see what I believe and I will believe what I see it's sort of like a circle of deception and ego a catch-22 so if there's only truth and illu- an illusion you know two levels what I make I can convince myself is true and when I do that Jesus refers to it as level confusion. When I've made something, and because I made it, I believe it's real. You know, and I can use you know the the election, the political election. You know, the people that are for one and and not for another. Um, you know, their choice, they believe it's real, and they find that it's validated in their experience but their experience is fueled like the lessons I say today, you know, I have no neutral thoughts, are fueled by um, our thoughts, you know, we will see what we believe and we will believe that it is true. And when I'm in that realm of deception and like Lemoine said, you know, that can fear can package itself in a million different ways not only for me but for my brothers and sisters and it's like one big game of ego ping pong you know one ego battling another or arguing with another and none of that is truth the truth can only come through the atonement when i see only love and there's no there's no opposite to that. It's all encompassing. So, um, that's to me how, uh, how I have to question everything that I believe is real. That I believe is real, because believing is not knowing. You know, the perceptional realm is not about knowing. It's about belief and the atonement. Jesus says the meaning of the word atone is to undo. So we're undoing those beliefs. So what remains is the certainty and truth of love. So the, you know, the answer is always, I ask myself, am I at peace? Because if I'm not, then I'm misperceiving because truth is a state of peace and clarity and certainty. So whatever I think I know or whatever I think is true or real, Um, I found the best thing to do is to ask Holy Spirit, what is the truth of this? And what comes back is a healing, you know, what's returned to me. And I can always recognize um, messages from Spirit as being, they bring the clarity and the certainty and the peace that only truth can provide. So, you know, when I confuse levels and think, what i believe is real um you know that's what level confusion to me is and it's getting back to the truth that's the level i want to be on that's the level i want to function at and um when i'm not at peace it proves that even if i'm i'm believing you know i have a belief that looks really real (laughs) and i experience it as real I use my back pain as an example. Boy, that sure real feels real. That sure um, I sure experience it is real. But in truth, it's not real. And um, because the Son of God can't suffer, so even though I experience it as being real, I need to question that if I'm not at peace. And you know, the desire for peace will always bring me back to the level of truth. And that's where I find my peace. So anyway, I'm complete. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Lana. Beautiful,
1: Lana. Yeah, thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Very clear.
5: Thank you, right.
7: thank you
3: Lana.
7: Thank you, Luma. I was thinking about the question, um, I can't remember the name of the person who raised it about levels. And I thought 38 was a pretty interesting paragraph because it's only given the um, history of the uh, separations and level confusions. Um, the paragraph begins by talking about the atonement and uh, it clears up the idea of the atonement beginning with the crucifixion. Um, yes. And I'm losing my... Um, but... Um, it talks about the atonement beginning long before the crucifixion. Uh, atonement being our uh, realization that we are one with God, that there is no separation. Uh, And some believe that uh, the atonement began with the crucifixion. Uh, But uh, the course uh, changes that idea. And it talks about how uh, many of their efforts on behalf of the separated ones, Uh, those of us who believe that we were separate, Uh, Many souls offered their efforts on our behalf, but they couldn't withstand the strength of the attack and had to be brought back. It's an interesting statement that there were having souls who... uh, have thought about the atonement, thought, talked about the atonement, and tried to help the so-called separated ones realize that they were not separate from God. But obviously, it didn't work. And then angels came, uh, but their protection didn't suffice because separated ones were not interested in peace. And if we look throughout history, how uh, our brothers and sisters uh, did not want uh, peace, Uh, they didn't want to see themselves as one with God, and he says they had already split their minds and were bent on further dividing rather than reintegrating. That's history of ourselves as bodies. Then he talks about levels. And levels only apply uh, within the separation. There There are no levels when it comes to God. Holy Spirit, the levels that the separated ones they introduced into their minds turned against each other. And they established differences, divisions, cleavages, dispersions, and all the other concepts related to the increasing split which they produced. This is all this last sentence is talking about separation, ego thought system. None of this exists in truth. That we did exist in truth. Was something that we who saw ourselves as separate from God introduced, and the result was the illusion of a world that we think exists uh, in truth. uh, (laughs) never existed. And the atonement is the undoing of the idea of levels of differences. In truth, levels do not exist. Only oneness exists. And that is the essence of the atonement I'm complete. That was
2: absolutely beautiful. Thank you so oh much, Harrison. God. Yes,
1: Very thank clear. you
6: so much,
1: Harrison. Thank you,
6: Harrison. I'm doing levels of atonement that do not exist. Wow, those are beautiful words. Thank you, Harrison.
3: This is Sandra. I loved your explanation, Harrison, and and for me, level confusion is just inconsistencies in my process, which I am not to judge, nor am I to judge anybody else's inconsistencies in their process. And that's where the level confusion comes in, because we're all moving at our own pace, and it's... Sometimes when I'm inconsistent I'm not and I'm being a hypocrite and I'm not doing what I know is what's best for me, um, I'm not aligning with my creator and his truth or her truth. I'm aligning with the ego. And I do that occasionally, like we all do. And that's level confusion because it's not what I really want. I want to be consistent, but I'm not there yet. I'm complete.
1: Thanks, Hi. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you, everyone, for thank your Thank you, Sandra.
7: Thank you, Sandra. Nice to hear your voice.
2: Yes, thank you, Sandra. So glad you're here
3: today. Me, too. I'm going to say goodbye, oh. too, because I'm going another meeting but thank you all
5: thank you yes, thank
1: you Sandra good to hear from you. um can you repeat that last line that everyone was so um enthralled with that uh, Harrison said i missed it about at one minute
0: <clears throat> well sandra is, is gone
5: She repeated
1: something that Harrison had just said. Yeah. Does anybody remember?
6: Well, I know she said, go ahead.
7: I'm not sure. I remember what Sandra said. That
1: you're referring to Mindy.
7: Did
6: you hear Mindy? Do you remember Donna? Well, I think she was referring to aligning yourself with either ego or God. Again, the level of confusion comes with your choice you're your making. Um, I was away from my phone. I just caught the tail end.
1: Uh, to my recollection, Mindy, she was expressing gratitude for Harrison's uh, really excellent explanation of the separation being something that never occurred. And that um, our task with these lessons is to undo the errors in our own mind. And for the clarity that Harrison offered, she was very grateful and expressed her um, ongoing process of undoing uh, her mind errors. Uh, It was all very much more gracefully done than that, Uh, so I look forward to hearing it on the recording again.
3: Um, Yes, I guess we'll have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And she repeated a certain statement that Harrison had just made of truth.
1: And if no one remembers it, I guess that means I better start listening to the recording so I can hear what I missed.
5: So thank you,
1: everybody. And it's very clear—a choice between love and fear—and at one minute in separation. And I can trust that when I make the choice for love, that the Holy Spirit and God will step in and will keep
4: me there. And that is the truth, as Edith Ann would say. And that's the truth. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ooh. Thank you, Mindy, and everybody who's been sharing since I got back on two minutes ago. All
8: okay.
1: It's Jude. I, um, I'd just like to go over the lesson again for myself today. Um, I have no neutral thoughts. Um, when I go into doing the lesson, I invite Christ and dismiss my ego and mind, just, just all the thoughts that Jude would think about what she thinks, what she thinks she knows, and Just to invite the Holy Spirit to do this lesson with me as it's instructed in the in the workbook and just simply follow the instructions. I have no neutral thoughts and being mindfully aware of each and every thought that I become aware of and applying that idea, I have no neutral thoughts, to it, to the particular thought that I become aware of. In so much that I do it that way, the Holy Spirit will interpret the thought as true or false, true or false, not good or bad, big or small, more significant, more important, less important, holy or not holy. He does the interpretation. I stay, Judy stays out of the interpretation of the thoughts, the analysis of the thoughts. The purpose of the lesson is for me to let the Holy Spirit do the judging of my thoughts and sort out the true from the false. What's not a perfectly true thought, he will purify and make clear to me, restore my mind to the awareness of the truth of the thought or the falsity of the thought, one thought at a time. And... The trickster, the the ego trickster, wants to keep thinking. It has one false thought, and then it adds another false thought, which justifies that thought, which rationalizes that thought, and on and on and on it goes. Till I'm so diseased and discomfortable com- and restless, I've created a problem in my own mind by my thinking. So. Is how the undoing process happens. I let and allow the Holy Spirit one single thought. Every single thought that comes from the ego mind is a false thought. Any personal thought, any personal interpretive thought, any opinion, any thought about anything is not a true thought. It's just not, because it's from a personal point. And it's seeing how these thoughts disturb my peace. Is it a peaceful thought? One thought at a time. Is that a peaceful thought? Or am I is this an oppositional thought? Is this an opposition to what is, merely is here? Because all thinking wants to remove me from the awareness the simple Innocent awareness of what is, right here, right now. It pulls all its judgments from the past and projects me into a a problem-solving, seeking future. So it comes from a state of mind. The peaceful, open-hearted, open-mindedness comes from a peace of mind that's always here, Already, 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 and always, always, always here. I give my thoughts to the Holy Spirit. What do you think, Holy Spirit? How would you judge this thought? The practice for today. The acceptance that I will listen to him for the truth because he knows the truth. I don't know the truth. I'm trying to learn what the truth is. I want to learn the truth of oneness. I want to learn the truth that I am God Consciousness because if I knew that, if I wasn't just thinking I knew that, if I wasn't just thinking I knew that, I wouldn't be in all this thinking. I wouldn't have to have a thought at all. I would just be being. I would be being peace and joyful and happiness and spontaneously doing the right thing in the right moment whatever comes up, I would do it. I would just be doing it without a thought. I wouldn't have to think about it. Think about cleaning my house? It's not My house isn't getting cleaned. I'm just thinking about my house. It's just the difference between being mindfully aware of how being in, in my head is not doing anything. It's just thinking and how it procrastination it's procrastination thinking about cleaning my house is procrastination oh, so for the for the love of God I just um, what do I treasure what do I value to talk about the defending the truth the truth of who I am the truth of my treasure being peace the truth of my treasure being happiness. The truth of my treasure is to do God's will, to know that God's will for me is to be peaceful and happy. And if I'm disturbing my own peace, you know, I can talk about all this stuff all I want, but I'm I'm not willing one with God, am I? Of course not. Don't deny the obvious, Jude. If you're being pissed off and you, you're being in opposition to what's happening here and now, if you don't want to be in harmony and at peace with what is happening right here and now, then you're not. And it's only in the immediacy of now that my thoughts can be changed where the choice exists. I can't think about it. I have to do it. I'm either I'm either participating in... in the the atonement right here and now. It's a commitment to myself for the salvation. Salvage the junkyard of my mind. Clear out all these useless, energy-wasting thoughts that don't get anything constructive done. They're just destructive to my peace of mind. They're destroying my peace. My own thoughts are destroying my peace. And they're destroying the world around us because our thoughts have effects emotionally i become i become an environmental hazard to other people i go out in the world and i'm an environmental hazard <laughs> i'm not only not in peace i'm i'm, I'm bringing my my um, not peaceful and joyful and happy countenance with me all my agitation and my fear, I'm spreading it all around. And that's what the the miracle is. Miracles, to to do miracles, to be miraculously minded, I have to accept Christ consciousness as my reality. What's real? My treasure is real in my heart that I put God in Christ on the altar of my mind and I look through Christ's eyes through the eyes of forgiveness, through non-judgment, because judgment is what disturbs my peace. I'm thinking about something from a personal point of view, and I don't like it. I'm going to complain. I'm going to criticize. it, And then myself or others, it's always about criticism and rejection. Rarely, very rarely is it positive. And even, even, even those kind of good thoughts can be self-seeking, ego-centered, image, I-image, I-Judy image-centered. And to recognize the difference, the difference, because what is alike created in the likeness of God cannot be unlike him. What is created in the image of the ego miscreates like itself destructively. Okay, enough out of me. So long and fairly well. Have a joyful, peaceful day. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Boy, thoughts have power, don't they?
2: Thank you, Judy. That was lovely.
1: Thank you, Judy. Hi, everybody. Sorry. I, um, I very much love this section. And what I think I was asked to talk about today is in paragraph 50, it says the children of God are entitled to perfect couple. And I might find that personally, if I—not if—but I realize it requires effort on my lockdown. Well, Lori, um, um, you're breaking yeah? up. You're breaking up. <laughs> let me. Let me. I moved my uh, bar, and uh, I apologize, Judy. Earlier on, I wasn't muted, and so I tapped my bar and created a terrible noise. So I moved it out of the way. Is this better? much okay what I wanted to say um, about thoughts and about paragraph 50 uh, they relate to each other when he says I'm entitled to perfect comfort I might find it personally insulting that that requires no effort on my part how about that Um, the ego is an engine of effort that that's, is a part of my mind that um, is involved in thinking and uh, evaluating and judging, and it thinks it's separate, and because of that uh, dire circumstance of separation, it becomes an engine of effort. And so he describes in this section that point at which one realizes In spite of all my efforts I'm not getting anywhere and I'm certainly not happy Um, and there must be a better way you know and so he he brings it to you know like this mighty mighty conclusion of atonement the most splendid and oh by the way uh, he only uses the word splendid once in this entire work and, and so I think it's um, noteworthy that here is this gift, this, this correction, this um, absolute uh, conference upon my mind, this gift that you will give me when I realize in spite of my best efforts I've gotten nowhere, please help me. I commend my spirit to you, and here it is this miracle of atomic that corrects all my mind errors undoes the past everything that caused me fear and judgment and hatred of the world and hatred of myself and every single thing that ever uh, felt like a burden to me is suddenly lifted from my mind and um, Wow you know and then he says after this (laughs) you know you discover you have to make some changes in your life because you have a lot of really bad habits and and these bad habits um, involve this thing in your mind that's constantly judging you and telling you you're bad and you've lost your perfection and and you're distant from God and you're distant from your brothers and and habitual habitual stuff that goes on in the mind all the time that creates oh wait now wait now wait now I thought I thought I thought perfect love exists and and where did it go and so um, in my experience here comes life saying you gotta make some changes in your thinking and let me help you with that Um, let me help you with all of it it's all a given if you'll just do these lessons you'll discover that uh, all these bad habits can be lifted from your mind one in particular is you have no neutral thoughts you don't realize the power of your thinking every time you tell yourself you're bad and you've lost your perfection you see what happens to your mind there's this explosion of negativity and and you lose contact again so let's let's work with that thoughts have power there are no neutral thoughts and when um when you realize that it's not your job to judge your thoughts it's only your job to recognize that they occur and they're either true or false and the false ones you can let go because why because you've had your mind corrected by the atonement you realize you you have not lost communication with God you have not lost perfection You fail at communication sometimes because you have bad thinking habits, but we can work with that. Um, Change your mind. Here comes a thought. None of us, none of us are responsible for (laughs) thoughts. If you think about it, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. Here's what, can you predict your next thought? I can't predict my next thought. Here comes a thought. And then there's this inner voice. This inner foreign voice that has a whole bunch of beliefs and ideas and this inner voice says, Oh, that was bad. You know, you really stood up with that one. What he's asking me instead of that, having that thought, uh, have a look at the truth of that thought. We can fix that. As the Holy Spirit. You're not bad. No. You could have done that better. Oh, okay. Um The, the takeaway for me, and I'll tell you exactly, the words I was given, he asked me for honesty, not perfection. Just honesty. That's all. I'm not expected to be perfect. I'm I'm asked to let him give me the means for my comfort, and he will. All I need to do is be honest. He doesn't want me to be perfect, you know? This voice that says you're bad, or you've made a mistake, or for shame on you, or you could have done that better, or, you know, boy, you've really got that screwed up. And, you know, that voice, that voice is a liar. It's always going to be telling you lies. And uh, it comes along in that lying voice. You listen to it, and next thing you know, you feel really bad, or you feel really hurt, or you feel like a failure or whatever the case may be. That's not, it's not true. You're entitled to comfort. So let's be honest about these thoughts, and I'll help you with it. That's all. And, uh, and I think I'm complete. Oh, gorgeous, Love Laurie. It. Thank you so much. Totally, Laurie. That was great. Thank you so much.
6: Thank you, Lori. I, I really took that in. Thank you.
7: Harrison um, had to step away for a while. Um, but I was intrigued by a, a line in the last paragraph. Um, a couple lines God is lonely without his souls, and they are wrongly without him. Men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. Atonement is guaranteed that they will ultimately succeed. The line that stood out for me is, men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. And the question that rose in my mind was how do we perceive the world as a means of sharing the separation? Is that something we must learn? And... I was trying to think about how Jesus must have perceived the world, and perhaps that will give me a clue as to how to perceive the world. As a means of healing the separation. Anybody has any thoughts on that? If you appreciate it, i complete. Thank you. Harrison, would oh, thank yes, you? Yes, thank you. Would you?
1: Would you
2: please repeat that last question because my my phone kind of broke up and I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Thank you.
7: Yeah, the line that men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing, the separation. Um, what does that look like? Um, what's this? How do we learn to receive the it's a means of healing, the separation? It's nice to know that he says at the end, that the atonement is guaranteed that men will ultimately succeed and often. Um, um, when he says men, I know that's a little disconcerting for women, but uh, I'm sure he meant all of us. Men and women must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. Um, Maybe the, the whole course is about learning to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. Love to hear others' thoughts about
3: that. Oh,
2: thank you, Harrison, for doing that. Um, just, you know, I can only share my, you know, my own thoughts and experiences of of that. It's to change my perspective on what healing is. You know, the in the beginning, my natural inclination was to feel like I did something wrong or I didn't do something that I should have when fear shows up in my awareness. But I, what I've come, or didn't show up in the world in my awareness, but what I've come to recognize is that everything is for my healing. and And what I need to heal a lot of the time is buried in my subconscious, and I can only heal heal what I what I'm aware of. So, Holy Spirit brings that up for me to look at again and again until I choose to see it differently. It's a lot like um, He explains in in um, the reading today, or maybe it was yesterday when he talks about um, going forward is actually going backwards, you know. As I heal a misperception of myself, my brothers, the world, that time collapses. And every time that came up in my experience and, and I didn't heal it, that time collapses along with the healing And we actually come closer to our original, the condition of our original creation. So we're going back to our truth. But the process seems to be a forward process in time. And and his guarantee that it will happen. You know, when I think about um, the idea that every soul on earth, must make the choice for the atonement it feels like it's going to take thousands of years in time and it may may and it may well be but in eternity it's like a twinkling of the eye when i when we all awaken as one in truth time will become meaningless and it would be like going to bed at night and waking up in the morning. Um, time will become so meaningless and, and insignificant. And and we have the insurance that we all will awaken, and we will awaken as one son of God. And so everything that, I, that comes up in my awareness that I perceive, unlike love, I need, You know, I'm training my mind to perceive it as a gift rather than an error or a punishment or a judgment of myself. I perceive it as, oh, Holy Spirit is bringing something to the surface of my mind so I can look at it again and let it go and heal it and see it with fresh eyes, see it with Holy Spirit. And as I undo that, the world becomes, my perception of the world becomes more innocent, more clear. And I see that the purpose of the world and the purpose of the time is all for me, for my healing, to awaken to my truth, our truth as one creation of God.
1: So.
2: I don't know. That's my take on it. (laughs) Um, Thank you for bringing the subject up. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana.
2: Lana.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what he means when he says both time and matter were created for this in paragraph 47. So that I can So I I can get to the point where I'm no longer telling the world what it is with my mind, but letting the world tell me that it's uh, a gift to me, for me, um, for my healing. So, what an excellent answer. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you, Laurie.
7: You know, the, the good news is uh, that what he says 47, the acceptance of the atonement by everyone is only a matter of time. It's interesting that he uses time here um, because um, when he talks about time throughout the course um, to me is that there is no time um, and uh, he says both time and matter were created for this purpose. It seems to contradict uh, what he says about time and matter in other places. And to talk about time and matter being created, uh, a term that we often see apply to God's eternal creation, uh, not to something that changes or, like, matter. uh it, it, it dies or is not, is not eternal. Um, so, in saying that both time and matter were created for the purpose of accepting the atonement um, seems to contradict uh, other places in the course um, where he uh, says God did not create time and matter. Um, time and matter was our relation. I appreciate any thoughts you might have about that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Harrison. Thank
2: you, Harrison. I'll take a stab at it.
8: <laughs>
2: uh, you know, in these early chapters, um, Jesus, you know, just like the ego hasn't even been mentioned yet. And, and the Holy Spirit is still re- referred to as the spiritual I. I'm not sure if he has gotten into the distinction between making and creating. I don't know. Um, Someone else may, but but anyway, he does tell us that time is the illusion. He doesn't even say it's one of the illusions. He says time is the illusion. And he also tells us in in the Course that anything made by the ego can be used by Holy Spirit for the purposes of the atonement. So in truth Time doesn't exist, but he meets us where we believe we are. Um, He meets us within the realm of time and space because that's where we believe we are. And he uses time. So So I think the way he words it, so time becomes unnecessary. The only purpose for time is to give us the time to change our minds and to heal and remember the truth of who we are. And when that happens, time will naturally disappear because it's an illusion. But why we still believe in it? Holy Spirit uses it for the purpose of awakening. You know, I kind of looked at awakening or the idea, the whole journey to awakening as um, three steps. One is being totally asleep, (laughs) where we don't even know the idea of awakening exists. The next is to be awake within the dream. And that can be, and I think that's where all of us sort of fall, Right. well, I know it's where most of all of us kind of fall right now. It's like a lucid dream at nighttime, when we know... We're dreaming, and we're trying to wake up. And, but because the Son of God is one, we wake up together as one, and that I would term awakening from the dream. We're all still within the dream, but we've been given an understanding that it is a dream, and we're coming to terms with healing our mind of that belief. And like I said before, in time, that might look like thousands of years. But when it happens, it'll be like it happened in the twinkling of an eye. Because when it happens, time will have disappeared and we'll have no concept of it at all. We'll return to a state of being. Spirit is a state of being rather than doing. Um. In the realm of perception, the ego mentality is one of doing. In truth and spirit, it's one of being. And in a state of being, time's not necessary. There isn't a time, we just exist in eternity as God created us. So I don't think it's a contradiction right now. It's just, it's word symbols. Word symbols, I find, are the biggest distraction. Um, to keeping us on the road on the right road, to awakening and healing, you know it's we can get caught up in word symbols and and that and the ego mind loves that it can get lost in trying to understand, and Jesus is asking us, forget about that you 'll never understand it, but just accept it as being true, and in the acceptance. I've found that I gain, I'm gain. i given the experience that proves it's true. And then believing becomes an obsolete idea. I no longer need to believe or understand because I have an inner knowing that it is true. So I don't know if that helps or not, Harrison, but it's kind of the way I hold time and the reality that there is no time. In eternity. I'm complete.
1: Oh, what a beautiful answer, my er, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank um, you
2: Lana.
7: Uh, that
2: was helpful. Oh good, thank you,
7: Marathon. Yeah,
6: I loved it. Uh i i I just need help. Again, you know, thank you for straightening out the level confusion when they were referring to levels. that really turned a, a light switch on to a dim room. Um, I am still caught up though on chapter or, or number thirty-eight. Number thirty-eight. If somebody can, if we can just take a minute to review this one paragraph, because when they're saying the atonement actually began long before the crucifixion well you know in the bible christ didn't come to peaceful times he was you know i get i get this okay that part of it at least you know in my mind that there was some clarity there but maybe not in terms of this paragraph the atonement actually began long before the crucifixion many souls offered their efforts on behalf of the separated ones, okay, question mark, but they could not withstand the strength of the attack and had to be brought back. Angels came too, but their protection did not suffice because the separated ones are not interested in peace. Are, are they Are they talking about the split mind here? Are they talking about, you know, um, I don't know. I, that can just, if that paragraph could be explained. I, I really
0: appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is Lemoyne, and uh, I meant to let the recording run long because it's a long section and the atonement is very central. Um, but I think, and I'm not trying to put the kibosh on your, on your question there diana and so what i would like to say is let's explore that further in the after call and or after the recording (laughs) and uh i want to i want to just before we go back seemingly go back but I think this discussion is related to what Harrison brought. You know, and it's also, I I don't think he's put it forth yet as a clarifying question, but the question of what is it for, and this suggests that the world, well, that matter and time are have as a purpose the acceptance of the atonement and this is back to where Harrison was speaking about 47 and I just feel the need to point out that, that part of the um, you know we're quite willing to develop all kinds of different words for different things that are notably different But I think part of the way the confusion is baked into the language that we use is this word matter. And um, I can't say it's an exhaustive search, but this sentence, in fact, both time and matter, meaning material, meaning a physical world, I believe, were created for this purpose of the acceptance of the atonement. And I think this is the only place in the Course where he uses matter to just mean stuff, thing, atoms. Um, That everywhere else, in fact, most usually, he's saying, that does not matter. You know, he's, he's using it in the sense of meaning. You know, is this relevant? Is it germane? And he'll say it doesn't matter. Um, and that is not that is not a use of, of describing the physical world, but the meaning, um, you know, some mix of the meaning that we have ascribed and whether or not that's actually germane. And it's on a, you know, <laughs> to use the level... <laughs> and that you know that the level confusion is really um present in the use of the word matter um, i like to deconstruct materialism quickly with by saying you know materialism is the is the belief or idea that matter is the only thing that matters but that idea is itself not material it's an idea and so, so materialism is self-contradictory at its core and that this is the this is pointing at some of the confusion that's in the lang, you know it's in the language of reusing symbols to represent different things um <clears throat> that <laughs> are not separate, but um, definitely have different import yeah you know, I think matter and- mater- material in the sense of material is <laughs> is, is is inert it's minor. I think, is part of what the Course is pointing at. But it was created out of God. And so, it's like pretending to, in some level, but in one other sense, it's just accepting of what we do with it. But the the word matter in the sense of is it important or not? Does it have meaning? Is it really relevant? Is, um, like in the previous sentence, a matter of time. Um, Is, uh, is not (laughs) again, it's so hard not to introduce levels (laughs) (laughs) that that is that is speaking of a of you know perhaps a deeper understanding of what is it for and uh you know i don't want to go too much further into it but i will add another layer to this to you know perhaps where this symbolism is confused Or how deep the confusion runs about matter. The word matter can run is that I believe its root is related to the word mother, and we believe that we're. One of the basic confusions is to believe that we're first material and then spiritual. And that this is the level confusion that that the course is trying to get us to you know set right by reversing effect and cause to into their proper place. Um. Anyway, I'm complete with that. I, I hope that helped. I would like to thank everybody that shared very much. And uh I I will end the recording but not the discussion. And
1: uh That was excellent, LeMoyne. thank you. Yeah. Lemoyne, thank you so much. Oh, that was
2: wonderful,
0: Lemoyne. Yeah, I do look forward to the further discussion. And uh, was, what a stab. On we go.
8: <laughs>